Hello, and welcome to Six Figure Authors, the show that helps you take your writing career to the next level. I'm Lindsay Baroker, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Joe Lala. And I'm Andrea Pearson. And today we're interviewing Evan Gao, the founder of Story Origin, which is an author service that they facilitate the delivering of eBooks, organizing group promos, newsletter swaps, managing art teams, and they've actually got quite a bit going if you check out their site. And um, we're going to be asking Evan, because uh, they're growing quickly, and I, I assume he sees a lot of data through his site for kind of some best practices for authors based on uh, what he's seeing going on through his site. And... I, I guess that's a, my, a good intro for me, Evan. Do you want to describe yourself or, and story origin further? Yeah, no, I think, I think you hit on all the things there. Just the, uh, what I would say is, yeah, so story origin is sort of a marketing tool and a community. And the three focuses are helping you increase your sales, helping you build your mailing list, and helping you find uh, reviewers, whether those are for your ebooks or your audiobooks. Okay. And what motivated you to start this service? You guys are, I know I've come across a couple of people who are using it already, but I think you're fairly new still. Um, yeah, that's right. So, uh, I originally launched Story Origin back in April of last year. So it's been a little over a year and a half now that it's been available. Um, and, uh, the, what got me started was, uh, I, you know, was, wrote short stories back in high school. Uh, so I've always had an interest in writing and then got really interested in entrepreneurship in college and uh, was sort of looking at what I wanted to do uh, next and uh, after my last role and decided that it was finally time for me to pursue entrepreneurship and wanted to combine those passions, uh, you know, entrepreneurship and writing. And so went and talked to a bunch of self-published authors, sort of figured out the landscape of Oh, there's all these different tools doing all these different things, and you've got five different uh, platforms to manage all of these uh, different links and uh, delivery and all that stuff. And so I figured, you know, I'll build the place that brings it all together. That's awesome. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of benefit that the site offers. I was looking at, it, I was like, this this has pretty much everything. <laughs> So my question for you, I'm always interested in the, you know, where the nut, the nuts and bolts, where the rubber meets the road, um, and, and the sort of thing that catches people off guard. So for you, for example, um, what about this service is something that, that has happened that you did not expect? Like something like working, maybe working with authors or something has caught you off guard or surprised you in general? Um, you know, I think one thing that is kind of, surprising is that it's it's not just that you can write a good book and just get discovered because you're a great writer and that you know it's just going to take off right it takes a lot of time and effort into building your audience and building your rapport with your readers and it and it just always it always takes so much longer than you're going to expect and i've experienced that myself uh, with building story origin, right? When I when I released it back in April of last year, I was I was like, oh, this is gonna you know just take off immediately, right? And uh, it's it certainly wasn't the case, but as I've added new features and sort of really made it that one stop shop, it's it's now accelerating at you know a faster pace every week. So uh, that's really exciting. But yeah, it's, you know everything always takes longer than you expect. Yeah, that's something I've noticed with um, 
with companies. I've been approached, you know, because we've been in, we've been indie authors for a while, and I've been approached by new business owners with these really good ideas, but it just takes so much longer than they expect to get it off the ground and running. And and sadly, a lot of them do. They're not able to, you know, go past that first year or even just six months, you know. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, what is the future of Story Origins? Um, what vision do you have for its growth? Yeah. So, I really want to make Story Origin that sort of one-stop shop um, for authors to, uh, you know, do their marketing and discovery. Right. Those are sort of the the two things that I like to focus on uh, the most when I'm thinking about. Okay, what feature am I going to prioritize next? But sometimes, you know, it's also just how can I save authors time, right? What are you doing today in a spreadsheet that takes you uh, a bunch of time every day to update and isn't, you know, synced across with all of your other, uh, uh, you know, author business related activities that you have going on, right? And so, so how can I <laughs> help you help you uh, break out of those spreadsheets and you know pull everything together in a more seamless manner? I think that the what I've seen people doing who are using uh, your company is basically arranging multi-author promos and giving away free books to build their mailing list. So we'd like to ask some questions about that since especially this last couple of years, there's been so much emphasis on Facebook ads and Amazon ads and BookBub ads, and you're just going to have to spend thousands of dollars to launch your book. And that's how it is. But you know, I don't think that's true. I mean, if you want to launch into the top 100 on Amazon, maybe. <laughs> but just to have a su- successful launch, there's certainly other things that you can do. So I'm curious... You know, what, what do you see people doing as being effective right now for, I guess, building a list and getting the word out about their books? Yeah. So I would definitely recommend that, um, people have a reader magnet. And for those listeners that aren't familiar with that term, a reader magnet is typically a, you know, somewhere between five and 15,000 word short story prequel to your, uh, your book or your series. Of course, that doesn't have to be a reader magnet, but it's essentially, you know, something that you can give to a reader for free whenever they sign up to your mailing list. And that's a good way of providing the reader with some value uh, to sign up to your mailing list rather than just saying, Hey, uh, sign up for my mailing list so that I can market things at you, right? Um, so you're you're starting off that relationship by giving them some value. And in that, you know, that's been a strategy for a long time and it continues to be effective. And doing group promotions and cross promotions with other authors to drive traffic to those uh, reader magnets where you can have a single landing page that lists all the authors, reader magnets on Story Origin. And then everyone sort of works to promote that single landing page and you all build your mailing list together. Uh, That's still uh, really effective. And then you you can use that mailing list for a lot of things. uh, And it'll be valuable to you throughout your entire author career, right? You were talking about spending thousands of dollars on ads. Uh, the cost to deliver an email to readers continues to decrease over time, right? Uh, versus if you look at like advertising on Facebook or Amazon, CPCs are rising across the board. Uh, but the cost of actually delivering email generally is tending to go down. Okay, so really fast, um, story origin. Uh, you handle delivery of those that reader magnet, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. And you handle like the tech side and making sure that it's you know all the customer support and all that, right? Yeah. So the uh, the reader will get an email. Uh, 
and it actually comes straight from my personal email address. So if they have any issues, they can, they can just reply directly to me and I will be there to, to, uh, answer that email. Uh, but you know, honestly, I don't have to answer that many customer support emails for, uh, people that run into trouble with uh, downloading books because Story Origins download process for uh, getting ebooks on your Kindle or your Nook or whatever e-reader is, is pretty seamless. You can get it via email as a direct download to whatever device you're on, or you can get a short download link if you just want to open it on a different device than you are currently using. That's pretty cool. I, I yeah. e- email, that's, that's overwhelming. <laughs> Having it potentially go you know, having so many people potentially respond. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You would definitely expect that. But, um, but uh, you know, most people get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So as someone on the inside, since you're kind of on the inside of, you know, all of that stuff, what sort of reader magnet have you seen work best? Um, so like a short story, a novella or something else? Um, I would definitely suggest that you use a, a short story. Um, and this is honestly coming from more of my conversations with authors, uh, who use story origin and not necessarily from, you know, some extensive data analysis that I've done. Uh, but from speaking with authors, uh, and what's worked for them is, you know, typically a five to 15,000 word short story prequel to their book or their series. Okay, that's that's actually interesting. Do you know if those authors? And I think this is one of my future questions. Actually, do you know if they write something specifically for that? Yeah, they will generally. You know, when I'm talking to authors, a lot of them will say, "Oh, you know, what I did was I took a, I took a week and I put, uh, you know, I put together a story that was a prequel to my book, and it didn't take me uh, nearly as long as I was expecting." Uh, and so it's not necessarily you don't need to put in a ton of effort. Uh, but I will say, uh, you still need to make sure even though you're giving this away for free, that it's really polished, right? You want to make sure that you've got a book cover, you want to make sure that you've got it edited. Because uh, at the end of the, the day, for a lot of readers, this is going to be their first introduction to you their first impression of you as a writer. Uh, and so if your first impression is, a bad book cover and poor editing, uh, they're not going to want to read, uh, you know, the books in that series. And so uh, making sure that's still polished, even though you're giving it away for free, is still incredibly important. Do you think, because um, I often have used the, the short story, like a background story or a prequel novella, prequel yeah. as I mangle it often. <laughs> <laughs> and I find that works really well when I'm, you know, doing it at the back of the book and trying to get right. them onto my list. Yeah. Um, I'm curious for more of a cold person, you know, that's just they have to give their email address, I assume, to get the story. And they don't yet have any familiarity with your work. Um, Is there any challenges there that you're seeing to get them to sign up for that? Uh, No, not not particularly. I will definitely say that I think that, you know, doing a sort of side story to your, uh, your main book is something that works really, really well at the back of a book where a reader might want to delve more deeply into a character's particular arc. But using that as a uh, intro to readers who have never read the main book, you know, they're, they're not going to have, have as much familiar with the characters. And so doing a doing a prequel uh, is what I would generally recommend as, you know, 
what you would give out in a cross promotion, uh, where, you know, it's likely that a reader has never come across your books or your writing before. Right. We should probably mention that I, I would think it goes without saying, but actually I don't think it does go without saying that you should probably do a complete story, not like here's yes. the first three chapters and a cliffhanger and you'll have to buy the book to, to see what happens next. Right. Yes. And, and that's what I say when I, when I, when I say that I'm recommending like a five to 15,000 word short story, I recommend that as uh, an easy way of creating something that you can give away to readers for free. Uh, because yes, the authors that do just a preview or sample of their book that's, you know, three or five chapters, a lot of times readers will just be disappointed by that cliffhanger, right? So having that complete story for them for signing up to your mailing list is important, especially because you don't want angry readers marking your emails as spam. Right. Like I think authors think it sounds like a good idea, you know, make them want to read more. But, you know, if you can do it in such a way that like it's a complete story, but still maybe there's some unanswered questions. Right. You have to have that cliffhanger to hook them into reading book one. So for somebody who's a a little newer, how are they going to find promotions to uh, participate in? And I I know Mm -hmm. this is part of your site is kind of helping people get together, like with others in their genre. Right. Yeah. So um, with Story Origin, you uh, when you when you sign up, you'll be brought to your uh, dashboard homepage and you'll see two big buttons, you'll find uh, newsletter swaps, and you'll find group promotions. And those newsletter swaps are direct one to one cross promotions with other authors where, uh, you know, essentially, I'll agree to mention uh, one of your books in my next uh, email campaigns, and you can agree to mention one of my books in your next email campaigns. And so we were cross promoting each other individually, or you can uh, hit that group promotions button, and you can find uh, group giveaways where essentially all uh, all of the authors in that group promotion are promoting a single landing page, and those newsletter swaps and those group promotions have tags on them, so you can sort by okay, I want something that combines uh, sci-fi and uh, you know, space opera, right? So you, you can, you can target those specific categories for group promotions or newsletter swaps that you want to be a part of. All right. That's, that's incredibly useful because a lot of times, uh, like the advice we'll give is, Oh, well, here's something to entice people to sign up to your newsletter, but then people have to find out about that thing. <laughs> so it's like, right. this is definitely a useful tool. Now, when we're talking about the thing that's, you know, your, your reader magnet, uh, a lot of people, particularly who are starting off uh, and don't have a whole lot to work with, might want to be trying to build their uh, their library at the same time they're trying to put together something like this. So yeah. if someone's inclined to use a free book or novella to entice newsletter signups, would you suggest that they use something that is exclusively available via the newsletter? Or could you use something that is also available at the store? Uh, you could certainly use something that's available in the store. And I've seen a lot of authors that do that. What they'll do is they'll have uh, their reader magnet on Story Origin, but it will also be a 99 cent book on Amazon or somewhere else. Uh, and, you know, I haven't heard, you know, from authors that I've talked to about it. And I've sort of, you know, come through uh, authors that, you know, do both or do one only. Uh, there's not really a huge uh, differentiator there in terms of, you know, outcomes that they've seen. The one thing that I would say is with a story at the back of the back of your book, I would recommend that you maybe do that as a newsletter exclusive. 
that you can only get this story if you join my newsletter, right? Because then you're talking about readers who have read your book, know your book, want to learn more. Uh, and they want... And, and so those are incredibly valuable readers, right? We talk about, um, you know, readers that you get through signups at the back of your book versus readers that come through, uh, you know, sort of cross promotions, uh, where you, they're seeing you for the first time, those readers who are coming from the back of your book are always going to be your most valuable. And so uh, getting them onto your newsletter uh, is is incredibly valuable. And so doing something as a newsletter exclusive instead of saying, hey, you can also buy, buy this for 99 cents on Amazon. Uh, at the end of the day, you'll get more value out of being able to tell that person when book two, book three, book four come out uh, came out because they were a part of your mailing list. I've noticed personally that I have readers who will buy everything I put out rather than join a newsletter list. They'd rather pay the money than join a newsletter list. And so when I've done exclusive content, I've had better results. And you're nodding your head for the listeners. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it'll definitely happen, right? You know, some people are just incredibly anti uh, wanting to sign up for anything. And uh, in, in a small percentage of people will be that way. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to join another newsletter list. <laughs> but there are some authors, you know, who I would be on if they had them, you know, if they actually right. did those exclusive stories and things like that, you know. Right. And 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 those authors who you would sign up to their list because everyone's got that hesitancy to signing up to another thing. And so though for those people that will are willing to sign up to that thing. Uh, the, that means they really do love your work and want to learn about everything that you've got coming out, which yeah. is why they're so valuable to be on your mailing list. E exactly. Okay, so I have a question about the site itself. What does the back yeah. end of it look like for authors? Um, is there a place for authors to discuss events and promotions? Or is it run mainly over email? So they, uh, when you go and you browse through the newsletter swaps and group promotions, you can apply to those newsletter swaps and group promotions just through story origin. No sort of communication necessary. Um, but in the event that you do need to communicate with the organizer or you need to communicate with the person that you're swapping with or with participants in a group promo, you can email each other. There's no messaging platform on story origin. And I've sort of purposely avoided that because most people have too many different channels that they already get messages through, whether it's like Facebook or WhatsApp or email, etc. And I don't want you to have to feel like you've got another messaging service that you have to uh, handle when you're on Story Origin. So stuff just goes through uh, email, which a lot of authors are already really comfortable dealing with. So I know for a lot of folks, actually, I think I first saw you guys because um, Carolyn Gockel, I think she introduced us, was using yeah. your service for her, her sci-fi and urban fantasy. And I mm -hmm. noticed she would post uh, like on K-boards or in Facebook groups, hey, I'm doing this promo through Story Origin, uh, you know, sign up if you're interested. So I'm curious how much like right now, if I was going to go hop in there for my new urban fantasy series and try to find people to do a group promo with... Would I really need to go out there and get people? Or is there a pretty good base maybe for your first couple? I, I assume eventually you're kind of, you know, like have exhausted the pool maybe of options in mm. there right now. Yeah. Um, so Story Origin is growing uh, very, very quickly. Um, and so, you know, I 
I just got someone who left a review on Story Origin the other day who said, I joined Story Origin just like a couple of months ago. And uh, there was, you know, I was a little bit worried because it was newer and I didn't think that there would be as many people on. And I started finding people. And then over the last just, you know, couple of months, there's been an explosion of other authors who have come onto the platform. Um, and so they, um, you know, there's the, the pool is definitely continuing to grow. And so even if you, you know, came on today and you swapped with every single person on the platform, um, if you came back a month from now, you would find a bunch of other new people to swap with or do group promotions with. That's good. I know one of the challenges is sort of uh, finding people and then also for newer authors or like if you're doing like me and jumping into a new genre and maybe you're starting a new mailing list and you've, so you've got a small list, you know, and I, I feel like if you hop into like a Facebook group and like, Hey, I got 10,000 space opera fans right here. Um, who wants to swap? Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm sign me up. I'm ready. But if somebody's got like 25, you know, that nobody's going to be jumping to like get announced to their list. Is that, I don't know how, know how visible that is on Story Origin or do you have any tips for maybe authors with a smaller list? Yeah. Um, so when you are running uh, newsletter swaps on Story Origin, you essentially will post your mailing list uh, and that will, you will post your basically the size of your mailing list, uh, your open rate and your click rate. And if you're using MailerLite or MailChimp, you can integrate with those services. And Story Origin will automatically pull those stats from those services and you'll get a little verified check mark so that um, other authors that are potentially uh, requesting swaps with you or that you're requesting swaps with other authors can actually know that you're not just making those numbers up. Um, but going to, uh, and so that's what you'll see when you're browsing through newsletter swaps on Story Origin is basically the dates of the campaigns that other authors have going out. Uh, and then what their the size of their list is. And then you can actually see when you've run swaps with other authors, you can go and check what past swaps they've done through Story Origin and see how many clicks that they've sent to those authors. So there's like trans so there's transparency in the community about how many that you're actually sending out uh, those links and promoting other authors. Uh, but to the point of of your new author with a, a small list, how do you get started? A lot of group promotions on Story Origin, uh, you know, it's up to up to individual organizers whether or not they want to sort of set a minimum list size for people that are applying to those group promotions. But for the most part, organizers on Story Origin don't set uh, minimum mailing list sizes, and so you can just go ahead and start joining uh, group giveaways. And by the end of your first month on Story Origin, depending on how active you are and uh, what genre it is and how big uh, the group promotion is, you could see anywhere between, you know, a few dozen signups to literally hundreds of signups in that first month. And so, uh, you know, you're quickly able to go from, you know, a small list to a relatively, uh, you know, sizable list for someone that's just starting out and to uh, then be able to start uh, running those new newsletter swaps and sort of demonstrating uh, that you you know how to uh, how to do that. All right, that's that's super useful. I'm actually going to have a question about that sort of thing in a little bit, but oh, awesome. uh, for now, um, thanks to things like GDPR 
uh, and the like, uh, we learned that there are incorrect ways to get signups for your newsletter, and there are uh, things you're supposed to be doing to get an, a valid sign up for your newsletter, and you can get in trouble if you don't do them. So, uh, are there any tactics that you're aware of that people should avoid when doing these sort of uh, promotions and swaps? Yeah. So, you know, with a a lot of times, uh, people who are new to newsletter swaps think that a newsletter swap means that somehow you and I are going to trade our mailing lists and I'm going to take your subscribers and I'm going to add them to my mailing list and then I'm going to email those people and you're going to take my subscribers. That would definitely not be kosher with GDPR. Don't do that. Um, what a newsletter swap is, is simply I'm agreeing to mention your book and next my next campaign to my subscribers and you're agreeing to mention my book and your next campaign to your subscribers. And so we're not actually sharing any contact information. When you have your mailing list posted on Story Origin, only those aggregate statistics are shared with other authors, like the total uh, mailing list size and open and click rate. None of that subscriber information is shared with other authors. So, <clears throat> so as far as newsletter swaps go, uh, those are totally fine, GDPR compliant. Uh, and then when it comes to reader magnets, uh, Story Origin uh, requires that uh, readers click that they are consenting and understand that they are joining an author's mailing list in order to get that book, right? So if you have a reader magnet posted, even even if it's non Story Origin, if you're like posting it through a Google form or, or and you've got it, you know. On Google Drive or Dropbox or something, and you and you want to do all this stuff manually yourself, um, definitely ensure that you are um, requiring that subscribers understand that they are consenting to join your mailing list when they are requesting that free copy. So I like this feature where they actually can find out how many clicks they got for their book from like if yeah. you emailed, or you can find out how many clicks your book got if they emailed. Yeah. Because that's something until now, we've just been trusting if the author uses tracking links or affiliate links or something and tells us, or if you actually, if it's a big enough author, sometimes you can see your sales ranking go up on Amazon if it's that kind of thing. But it it is curious. Now I'm thinking best practices are probably not to send out a lot of books in one newsletter. I've certainly seen when I've done like three that number one gets like easily three times as many clicks as the third one, even if, you know, all other things being somewhat equal. Right. Yeah. And and so that that is totally transparent on story origin. So when you uh so if I go and I want to request a swap with you through story origin, I can go to your mailing list and I can see the past swaps that you've done on story origin, the past campaigns that you've set out. And if I see that you include, you know, 15 books, newsletter swaps in your uh in your past uh, campaigns that you've, you know, integrated with story origin. I'm probably in, and you only send, you know, three clicks to each of those books, even though your mailing list is 25,000 people. I'm much less likely to, uh, want to request doing a newsletter swap with you. Or if you request a newsletter swap with me, I'm much less likely to accept that request, right? Story origin always gives you the power of accepting or declining, uh, those requests. And so, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, valuable to authors to think about, okay, how many, how many, how many swaps do I want to have in this campaign? Because I want to make sure that I'm really actually sending traffic and helping people out because that's what it's all about, right? Uh, you're actually helping each other. 
Yeah, I was trying to figure out how to do it when I launched my last series because I'm not a big emailer. I usually only send one when I release a new book. And I had like, I don't know, 15 people that wanted to promote mine if I promoted theirs. And I ended up writing a short story that went out over five days. And I put some, uh, you know, I put their books at the end of each of the emails. And I'm not sure if the fans were like super stoked that they had to have it broken up for five days. But that was at least a solution to, you know, because they were reading the story along. So they were opening the emails. So I, I feel like I got pretty decent yeah. <laughs> clicks on that for, for other folks. Yeah. I, I, I want to give as good as I get, you know? Right. No, I definitely love that approach of, of, of doing it. And, and it's also like a serial approach to um, uh, uh, an email sequence, right? Where if a reader reads the first one, they're going to want to read the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth email in that sequence, right? Versus if I'm getting five disparate emails from you over the course of five days, and they're not linked together in any shape or form, I'm much less likely to open that second, third, fourth, fifth email from you uh, in a row. The only thing depressing about that was I found out just how much of my stuff goes into people's like junk folders or something. Cause they'd be like, I got one and three and five. I need parts two and four. And I was like, well, do you shoot? I don't, this is a little depressing. <laughs> Check your spam folder. Uh, but no, that, but, but then that's good, right? Because then you can tell those people that did email you, Hey, add me to your contacts. Or if they replied to that email, uh, you know, those replies to your emails are going to help boost your sender reputation as well. So it's having that engagement with your audience is actually valuable to you, even if it's just that, hey, I, I can't find this thing, right? Um, so yeah. All right. So I'm curious, we didn't actually specifically say it, maybe it's obvious, but uh, authors should look to do this kind of swapping or these joint promotions you know, with other authors in their genre, does right. it even go deeper than that? Because I feel like I've seen maybe a few people go like themed, like we're doing Halloween urban fantasy in October. Is is there a lot of that? And do you see that as being pretty successful? Um, definitely around holidays, there will be a lot of group promotions that are are definitely themed, especially during Halloween. Uh, there were <laughs> just an absolute uh, uh, absolutely huge number of Halloween themed, uh, group promotions. Uh, and I, you know, if your, if your, uh, genre matches those, uh, the themes of those holidays, I would, you know, certainly recommend that you join them, right? Whether if you, if you are, you know, a thriller or horror, uh, novelist, definitely Halloween is a good time to try to engage with your readers. If you're a, you know, sweet romance or vacation romance novelist, uh, you know, Christmas books uh, will definitely, a lot of readers have a lot of free time over the holidays and will uh, read a lot during the holidays. So that's definitely a good time to like be a part of or run your own sort of themed group promotion. All right. Now, uh, one of the things I'm curious about, and this is a problem that I think a lot of us run into, when you find something that works, the tendency is to keep doing it as much as you can because it works. But we quickly learned that even the best advertising things like BookBug, for example, uh, they have diminishing returns if you use them uh, over and over again or if you use them too quickly. What's your opinion on like the frequency that someone should be doing something like a cross-promotion? Should they be rare? Um, I don't think that they should be rare, per se. Um, I do think that you 
do need to ex- exercise moderation in, um, in doing cross promotions. Because like I was saying earlier, if you're doing 15 newsletter swaps and you've got 15 books in your email and you've got 10 group promotions, um, you're, you're going to overwhelm your readers and, and people just aren't going to want to click on anything, right? Um, but I do think that having being consistent in, uh, in your cross promotions is actually valuable, right? Because then you become a place, uh, where readers are looking to open your email because you become their source of recommendations, right? You become the source of where do I go to find a new book? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure to open that next email, uh, uh, from you because you tell me, you know, what's out there and what's new. Um, and so I can find stuff through you. And so, uh, it both helps, uh, provide, um, content for your email, which can sometimes be a struggle if you're not sure what you want to write about. Um, and it also makes you that, uh, that place that readers go to find the next book. And I'm also going to make a comment about that transparency thing. <laughs> uh, I've heard of authors sending, you know, newsletter swaps to one email address, you know, just to be able to show that they've got this campaign that went out and that would definitely not work with story origin. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but on the, on the flip side for authors who are panicking right now about opens and clicks, what is the average you're seeing and how can somebody get better results so that they can be accepted more often by other authors? You know, it's, it's all, I would say that there's no right way to do it, right? Um, Some authors are willing to uh, have a huge mailing list and have lower open and click rates. And generally, a lot of email service providers sort of you, you pay per the number of subscribers that are on your list. And some authors are willing to say, Hey, you know, I don't care if I'm paying, you know, over 50 bucks a month for my mailing list, even though my open rates and click rates are low, because I want to make sure that even those readers who aren't opening my emails today, that they might open one in the future. Um, and so you, you might, you know, want to have a huge mailing list and, and, and you don't mind if your open and click rates are low. A, a lot of authors will choose, Hey, I want to be able to stay on the free tier for as long as possible. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to clean my mailing list super, super frequently. And I'm only going to have the hype, like highly, uh, engaged readers who are opening or clicking on every single, uh, uh, link in my email. And, uh, there's no, there's no one is better than the other, right? Both those mailing lists, if you're doing a newsletter swap, uh, with one of those people, both of them uh, may offer you the same number of clicks. Uh, and it's, you know, you can go and you can look at the, the past history of, of clicks that they've sent to other swaps. And I think that's more indicative than the uh, open or click rates or uh, list size that you see. Okay, so and then what would you consider to be a bad open and click for, say, a large newsletter list or, say, a small one? Yeah, I would say bad would be something like 15% uh, open rate and something like a, you know, one or 2% click rate, that would be that would be pretty bad. That's a very, very good indication that you have a lot of subscribers that you should probably remove from the list and who aren't, you know, active anymore. Um, Because 
some authors are willing to pay for those, but uh, you know, I I wouldn't personally recommend uh, you know just for you know show having a big list, right? I, I would care much more about having uh, the most highly engaged uh, readers. Yeah, that's interesting. I've got I've got two lists. I've got one that I email every month, and because I use, I, have you heard of Sendy before? Yeah, I'm familiar with Sendy. Okay, I use Sendy, so I get charged per send rather than per email. And so I keep every subscriber pretty much unless they want to be removed. And right, I email okay. them like once a month. And then I've got a list that I email every single week. And so the one that I okay. email every week has really good opens. Mm-hmm. And then the one that I email once a month doesn't, you know. But, yep. but again, you never know why somebody stopped opening an email and you never know why they want to start opening again. So, Well, the other thing there is... It- the other thing that we haven't talked about is frequency, like how frequently should you send an email? And how does that affect your opening your click rates? Uh, this, this is, you know, I'm not story origin is not an email service provider, you can't send emails through story origin. Uh, but I've talked to a lot of authors about it. Basically, I asked the question, have you experimented with different frequency rates in sending your emails? And how, uh, how has that affected your open and click rates? And I got back quite a few responses from authors who were saying, yeah, I tried the monthly thing. I tried the bi-weekly thing. I tried the weekly thing. Tried a daily thing. Um, and, and by far, the authors that experimented between, uh, between those set of options found that their open rates and click rates actually increase with the frequency that they sent their emails, right? Um, there's definitely a point of diminishing returns, right? So sending daily, your your click rates are gonna are gonna go low. But weekly or biweekly, you're probably gonna get higher open and click rates than you would with monthly. Just because, like, I will even personally sometimes get an email. You know, I'm subscribed to a bunch of mailing lists. I'll get emails once a week, and and I'll open an email and I'll say man, when was the last time that I got an email from this person? And I got an email from them last week. I opened it and I looked at it. But <laughs> like a week is sometimes so much longer than you think it is when it comes to email because you're getting, you know, dozens of emails every single day. And so that was, you know, 200 or 300 emails ago to me was one week ago. So if you're sending once a month, uh, you might people might just simply forget that they were even a part of the list. And so doing it more frequently uh, actually allows them to remember and uh, uh, who you are, why they signed up and uh, why they want to stay engaged. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, I like with my... Because I, I teach newsletter marketing. You know, so my clients, I'm always like, you you should be emailing every single week. Um, yeah. Some people just really do go... I mean, they, you know, they really have a hard time with that. So I'm like, at least, right. at least once a month, if you go less than yeah. once a month, then you're going to run into big problems. And yeah. I think Lindsay had a question on frequency as well. So if you can go ahead with that, Lindsay. All right. Well, I was going to let Joe go next, but I was just curious since you were talking about this, because I know a lot of authors, myself included, every time you sit down to write one, you're like, okay, I'm going to tell them about my dogs and uh, then I'm working <laughs> on a new story. And I, I often try to write like an interview with a character or something. So I have yeah. some free thing to send. Right. But um, for people who are struggling, especially like I don't do weekly, I yeah. maybe monthly when I'm working on a series, you right. know, but um, I'm curious what you suggest for authors besides just because I feel like if they're just sharing other people's books, that's going to be 
not as exciting to the reader as more about them and their world and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say that some, some good things if you're doing weekly, uh, it, you know, I think I think you hit on those main things, right? You can you can share sort of personal life updates. You can share your writing updates. You can share uh, books from other authors. At the end of the day, it sort of come da- comes down to two things that you want to do with your audience, right? One is you want to build rapport with them, and that means uh, getting them to uh, to know you as a human being which is really, really difficult through the internet and really difficult through text. And so, uh, you know, if you can include a picture of your dog or you can, um, you know, talk about something that happened recently, people are just going to feel that they understand you and your life better as a human being. And having that rapport with with readers is going to um, make them feel, uh, you know, special, which is what you want. And then uh, the second part is, sort of becoming that source of recommendations and becoming sort of their go-to, uh, their go-to place where they want to engage in and find out about new books. And so those are the two things that I would recommend, you know, building the report and then uh, doing those cross promotions and stuff. So you've got something fresh to bring to them. And, and you can also do recommendations of other books or recommendations of movies you've watched or what happened on the last episode of that, you know, TV show you were watching on Netflix. Um, don't, don't give out spoilers, but. <laughs> okay, so you've kind of hinted around at this a little bit, but just really quickly, how many other authors and books do you recommend someone promote in each given newsletter? Is it possible to share too much? Yeah, I, I, I think it's definitely possible to share too much. You know, I was saying sort of 15 as an extreme. Um, I would personally recommend saying two or three is probably a good average. Um, you can certainly do more and, and some authors will do four or six. Um, but I, I would recommend two or three, um, sort of newsletter swaps where you're, you're just sharing a single individual book that an author might be interested in. And then maybe doing, you know, one to three group promotions, uh, that you're sharing where there's going to be a whole list of books that authors can go and check out. And those, um, and, and it sort of just depends on, you know, how many group promotions do you want to have? In uh, an email, uh, when you've got you know six newsletter swaps set up, right? Maybe that week you are not sending out the group promotion. You set, you wait to send that one out in your next uh, email. All right. So, um, like we we as you said, there's transparency for sort sort of uh, you know the mailing list that you're offering up and the activity you've had, and uh, every now and then someone in a group promo. Uh, or a cross promotion will just fail to hold up their end of the bargain. And yep. obviously with your, with your service, we're going to be a lot more aware of when that happens. Uh, we'll say it's, cha- we'll be charitable and say very rarely someone's a habitual offender and just keeps on getting in on these things and doesn't hold up their end. Uh, do you have any advice on selecting people for a uh, cross promotion or a group promo and avoiding bad collaborators? Yeah. So on story origin as a group promo organizer, uh, so when you create a group promotion, authors have to apply to be a part of that group promotion. They can't just put a book in it without you knowing. So the organizer actually completely controls that, that process of who, who gets to be a part of it. They have to go and approve every single book that, that goes into it. Um, and you can, as an organizer, 
you can require that authors use one of their posted mailing lists when signing up to your group promotion. You don't have to do this as an organizer. Um, and so some organizers don't want to do it because they don't want to uh, put a burden on an applicant to use uh, the you know posted mailing list feature on Story Origin. But if that's something that you're concerned about, you can uh, require that authors use the the posted mailing list feature. And then when they apply, before accepting their books into that group promotion, you can click on their uh, their posted mailing list and go to the past campaigns that they've uh, had on Story Origin. You can look at the number of clicks that they've sent to newsletter swaps and the number of clicks that they have sent to group promotions where they had that posted mailing list integrated with the group promo application. So you can actually see, okay, this person has been a part of six, you know, group promotions and newsletter swaps and sent zero clicks. I'm not going to accept that person because they continue to sort of, um, you know, be a free rider. That's, that's good information to, to have on hand. And um, it makes it so that the person who's organizing has more power so that they're able right. to, you know, choose better collaborators. And, and I think it actually creates a more friendly atmosphere on story origin. Um, and, and makes everyone more of a team player because organizers, rather than having to threaten people, uh, and say, Hey, you didn't include this. Uh, you didn't promote this like you were supposed to. Um, you can, you know, I, I'm going to send you a nasty email. Uh, organizers can just rely upon that the, the author, you know, has a reputation to uphold. And that if they don't want to tarnish their reputation uh, at being a part of uh, the community on Story Origin, then they need to continue to be a team player, right? And to actually uh, really work to promote the stuff that they agree to promote, right? Because yeah. that's that's how it works. At the end of the day, is is like we're all in this together, and and free riders just it's it's not fair to everyone else. Yeah, and luckily there don't seem to be very many um, authors right. who are like that. Right. Um, okay, so the site is in beta and is currently free. Do you know about how long it'll be like that? Just so listeners, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have no exact timeline on when Story Origin will uh, sort of come out of beta and be paid. And just to explain what beta there means, uh, I call it in open beta. Uh, and a lot of people associate the words, you know, beta with, oh, this is crappy software or it doesn't work well. Um, most of the feedback and responses that I've gotten from authors is, oh, this actually works way better, uh, than a lot of other things that I've tried. The user interface is more intuitive. I can do a lot more. There's a lot more features, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, so the reason I call it an open beta is because Essentially, what I've wanted to do is focus 100% of my time on building the best product um, and best-in-class product for all of those various features that we talked about, whether it's reader magnets, universal book links, um, newsletter swaps, group promotions, review copies, um, you know, audiobook code distribution, which no one else actually even does. So it's first best-in-class automatically. Um, <laughs> uh, but so my entire... Um, philosophy is that I want to build the best product first, and I can worry about 
pricing later. And I um, am thankful that I have the ability to do so. Um, and so, so yeah. Uh, so story origin is uh, free for now. You can get all the features free. Uh, it will be paid at some point. I haven't set a deadline, probably sometime in the next uh, few months here. And if you sign up now, the promise that I make is uh, even after it becomes paid for new authors who, who are signing up, you will still get uh, free service for, you know, at least, you know, a couple months or several months. So even after it became becomes paid for new signups, you'll, you'll still get to use it like you've been using it. And the reason that I do that is because, look, if you if you are unhappy with the way that I price things, and the way that I want to price things is going to be very affordable, uh, because I want to focus on building the best business case for using Story Origin, not just trying to extract the most value that I can. But what is the, you know, what is the ROI that I'm providing to authors that are using Story Origin is how I think about how to price it. Um, because I want it to be at least three times, you know, I want you to get at least three times as much value out of using it as you're paying for it, right? So, um, and so that's sort of, sort of how I think about pricing. But ultimately, if you end up being unhappy with it, uh, you know, I want to provide those, uh, those months of uh, service for free. Uh, so that you can migrate away from story origin if you want to, right? Like, I'm I'm not going to try to make you feel pressured into using something just because you've been using it. I'll give you that time so that you can migrate to other services. Uh, granted, I think if you wanted to pay for the suite of tools that story origin provides you, you will end up, you know, paying you know a lot of money to to do everything that story origin does. So. Okay, good information. And one last question from me. Um, um, have you noticed that authors, any sign of any authors or like authors from a certain genre signing up more for story origin? I would, I'm going to assume that romance authors and fantasy authors are your biggest ones. Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely mostly genre in fiction authors, right? So that's sci-fi, fantasy, romance, mystery, thriller. Those are the those are the biggest genres, uh, for sure. And that is that's because it's commercial fiction and readers that read those genres. You know, if a reader reads 20 sci-fi books per year, there's absolutely no way that I can produce 20 books per year. And so it's beneficial to me to be able to promote other work that authors have coming out uh, because it gives me content in a way to stay engaged with my readers uh, on a weekly or monthly basis. And so, um, doing those cross promotions is is helpful to me. Uh, versus if you look at something like nonfiction, a lot of times those nonfiction books tend to be sort of a uh, an entry product into, uh, you know, that an entry product where the author is going to upsell the reader on coaching services or courses, or what have you. And so those nonfiction authors are ten, uh, tend to be uh, much more interested in owning those audiences and not cross promoting with other, you know, one, one weight loss, uh, author isn't going to necessarily want to cross promote with another author, uh, weight loss author because we, uh, both have training programs that we're trying to, uh, sort of get people into after buying that book. And so 
it tends to make less sense for uh, certain nonfiction genres. Although there are other nonfiction genres where it makes a ton of sense still. You mentioned uh, audiobooks and yeah. dis- you know, facilitating distributing the codes mm-hmm. so that people can yeah. get an audiobook in exchange, hopefully for a review. Are yeah. there any kind of best practices you're seeing? Because I know we only usually get like 25 codes if we do it through our ACX or find a way ourselves. And it's always like, how do I find people that are actually going to leave reviews to yeah. give the book a, st- you know, a boost when you launch it? Right. So... So those codes you only get you only get in a certain number, right? With ACX it's a hundred. Um, with uh, Findaway it's thirty. Um, and if you pay for Findaway Plus, you can get a hundred. But um, you only have a limit. The, the point is, you only have a limited number of codes. You want to make sure that you're getting those in the hands of reviewers, readers, and listeners who are actually going to leave reviews, which is what those promo codes are for, right? The reason that those platforms give those codes to you is so that you can build reviews on your audiobooks. Um, and so what Story Origin provides you is when someone wants to request one of those promo codes, uh, you say where you have the pro- what who the promo code provider is, whether it's uh, ACX or Findaway. Um, and then you say where it's available to review. So if it's if you're providing them with an Audible code and it's going to be available to review on Audible and Amazon and Goodreads and BookBub, um, you can list all those platforms. And then when a listener try, when applies to get one of those promo codes, they say where they can actually leave a review. So if the listener can only leave a review on Audible, they can just check the, uh, check the Audible tick box. And then they are also asked to, since they're, since they say they're going to leave a review there, they also submit the link to their Audible reviewer profile. So before you approve them for an audio, uh, before you prove them for one of those promo codes, you can actually check their Audible, uh, reviewer profile. You can see, okay, does this person actually listen to books in my genre? Uh, and do they actually leave reviews? Because you don't want to give that promo code to, uh, someone who uh, has listened to a lot of sweet romance novels and you're more maybe uh, hotter or uh, you know have a more uh, have more heat in your romance and so you don't want to get a bad review because this is not the type of book that this listener is expecting so you can go and you can sort of see what they've done through through those profiles whether it's on audible Amazon Goodreads bookbub etc uh, and then the other thing is that Story Origin does is when those reviewers are approved, uh, when they're approved for a code, um, Story Origin will uh, you'll be you'll be able to see actually before approving them for a code if they've been uh, approved for ten codes in the past, uh, and they said they were going to leave uh, reviews on Audible for those ten uh, promo codes, and they only left five reviews. You can see, uh, before proving them on Story Origin, you can look at the reviewer profile and see that they only have a 50% completion rate for Audible. And so you know before you're, you're approving them, okay, is this someone that's actually going to leave a review or not? Um, and so yeah, Story Origin, Story Origin sort of has transparency between the, uh, the reviewers and the authors about, okay, what are your completion rates for leaving reviews? 
That's excellent to hear. So much in the indie author biz is just like, I don't know if this is working or how well it is working. Like you said, uh, we have to put a lot of faith in like the, the hocus pocus that we can tease out of the numbers that we do get. So it's good to have an additional set of data points. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, of audiobook promotion and, and whatnot, uh, somewhat recently in the news, there were some shenanigans going on where ACX was starting to ban people for, for, you know, poor behavior. Uh, yeah. So are there any uh, audiobook promo code practices that uh, we should avoid to avoid getting on ACX bad side? Yeah. So um, one thing there's there's been a lot of conflicting um, theories around what it is that Audible is cracking down on. And no one's entirely sure exactly what it is, at least from what I've read. I haven't had any authors using Story Origin say that they've run into any trouble with Audible in distributing codes through uh, Story Origin. And because at the end of the day, those promo codes are meant for reviewers. And so I I think, and this is totally speculation, So, <laughs> but I think if you're giving out those codes and you're actually getting reviews on those codes, um, you're going to probably be less likely to be cracked down on because they see that you're giving away those codes uh, for the purpose that they were intended for. The other thing um, that I've seen uh, people talk about is, uh, you know, you get these uh, .co.uk codes and you get .com uh, codes, right? So Audible has... Uh, those are the two places where you can uh, distribute promo codes. And uh, some authors will say, uh, you know, I've got UK and US codes available. And readers will just say, oh, I can, I can do US or UK. And the the author will just send them both. Um, but what happens is, uh, you know, if you've got a reader in the U.S. who created a .co.uk account just so that they can um, get more codes for more books, if authors run out of their .com promo codes, which is pretty frequent, um, then it sort of looks maybe more like promo code farming because. Authors, the great thing about promo codes on Audible is you get paid for them like it's a real sale. Um, and so you're incentivized to distribute those codes uh, as quickly as possible and make sure that you get them all used up because you're getting paid for them. Um, but if there are flags that make it look like you've been just farming out those codes uh, to get paid, um, then, 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 yeah, that, that might look like suspicious activity. But with Story Origin, the reviewer before requesting the code says, okay, I've got a .com, uh, I've got a .co.uk. Um, that's the code that I want. Uh, I want a .co.uk code. And then they put in their, you know, if, if they're going to leave a review on Audible, then they have to put in their uh, .co.uk reviewer profile. And so Story Origin makes sure that those are matched up. And so you can be relatively uh, sure that that person uh, is, you know, actually got a, is actually in the UK and is actually, uh, you know, really uses that storefront. That's interesting because I've wondered about that too. This has been going on. A lot of authors have been getting emailed that they're flagged and there's like no recourse, right. basically. And right. I actually thought it's crazy. 
I thought I would get one because they sent me like five books worth at one time because I just asked like, Hey, I haven't asked for codes for like any of these and half are for me and half are for my pen name. And I, I haven't been matching them. You know, I'm just like, okay, I'll take mm-hmm. a code off the top. Here's the book. Go check it out. So I was like, they're going to get me, but I also probably only send out like a few a month. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, and the other thing is, the other thing is, um, you know, some authors ha- who haven't ever even distributed a promo code, ACX has taken away their promo codes, right? So, so like you, you, you have almost no idea what it is that, you know, they're flagging you for there if you've never even distributed a promo code. Um, and so some of the, some of the other speculation around what that is is simply that if you are, if the audiobooks are relatively shorter in length, and if they are generally lower quality, uh, you know, lower quality narration, what have you, um, those are more likely to get flagged because what the, what they're trying to crack down on is these scammers who will essentially, you know, pay something like 50 bucks per, you know, finished hour of audio, create a short audio book. You know, it won't be that particularly long. They'll just you know, be super low quality. All they're doing is they're essentially getting something that they can put up on audio as an audiobook and their intention is never to actually sell it. It's purely to get the promo codes so that they can farm those out to people to redeem them so that they can get paid for those like their sales. Um, and so if your audiobook looks like that, uh, something that would fit in that category, then you're more likely to get flagged as well. That again, all this is totally speculation. Uh, I don't have like any inside guy at Audible that tells me this stuff. This is just um, what you'll see authors talking about on forums. Yeah, nobody has an inside guy at yeah. Amazon. You were all guessing. <laughs> and, you know, half the time it's just a bot doing this. Yeah. You know, and maybe some random thing. You know, just yep. happened to set it off. So it's hard to know. Um, all right. Well, thank you for chatting with us for about an hour. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you are excited to talk about? Or do you just, you know, let people know where they can find Story Origin? And um, we're recording in December 2019. So if you're listening now, it's free. But if you pop yeah. in there at some future date, it might not be. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So uh, I think we, I think we did a pretty good job of covering everything. Uh, and, and, you know, all those things that I was talking about with like being able to see like the reviewers completion history and being able to see, um, their reviewer profiles on where they said they were going to review and how that applies to audiobook promo codes. Uh, all those same features apply to also ebook review copies that you can distribute through story origin. And the only thing to mention there is those ebook review copies can also be, you know, pre or post publication copies. So. That's just another feature that a lot of authors are looking for and, and, and a lot of people will probably find valuable. But yeah, if people want to check it out, um, I'm sure uh, uh, you'll find something interesting. It's at storyoriginapp.com. And uh, my email is right there on the homepage. If you just scroll down or if you hit the contact page, and you have any questions, just shoot me an email. I'm always happy to answer. Uh, I, I answer every email that I get. So. Awesome. And we will put the link in the show notes too, just in case uh, somebody's out jogging and uh, (laughs) can't pop over there right now. Um, But thank you, Evan. And thank you for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this where we did not talk about spending thousands of dollars on Amazon ads. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me on. You're very welcome. And uh, 
everybody listen uh please visit sixfigureauthors.com with the number six if you want the show notes or to leave a comment uh we'll be doing some q a shows coming up and we also have a brand new facebook group that is exclusive just for listeners of the show you have to answer a very hard trivia question about beards if you if you want to get in and um I'll put the link to that also in the show notes. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Goodbye. So long, everybody.